Hello, and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is Chasing the Ace. How are you, my darling? I am good. I'm actually very excited. I've never played this game before. Really? You didn't play this with me when I was playtesting it? Nope. We have never played Chasing the Ace. We've played the game that this is based on, which I want to say is For the Queen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Not the pirate one. Is that a pirate one? Uh, Oh, Captain, My Captain? Yes. Yeah, that was being developed by... I feel like we played Oh, Captain, My Captain before we played For the Queen. So in my head, I mix up which one is the original. I think we might have played Oh, Captain, My Captain before For the Queen. We, I think I did. And so I mix it up a lot in my head. Mm-hmm. Like I get it confused about which one is the original, but For the Queen is the, the that's the OG. Yes. That's the OG. Yeah. So this game is based on for, for the Queen mechanics. Yeah. So this game belongs to a system called Descended from the Queen. Okay. It's based on For the Queen, which is sort of based around drawing cards and getting question prompts and building up a story out of those question prompts. Chasing the Ace is one that I wrote. We needed a small game for today. We're recording in sort of like the Christmas New Year's season, and we needed something small and low prep. So we decided to try out Chasing the Ace. I could totally see. It could be weird playing one of your games. It feels very self- Congratulatory. Yeah, Yeah. kind of. I'm also worried that if it goes bad, it's going to like look really bad. But I guess then we just won't release it. There you go. No one will know. (laughs) No one will know. So Chasing the Ace is a game about mecha pilots, Mm -hmm. people who pilot giant robots fighting monsters, giant monsters known as Nephilim. We are going to kind of learn about our characters and the character that we have a relationship with. So we are members of a squad. And the ace in question is like the the best pilot in the world. Mm -hmm. And we're in a squad with them. And we're going to learn about our relationship with them, our feelings towards them, and probably our feelings towards each other a little bit. Yeah. Uh, very similar to For the Queen, which has, you know, the person in high authority, the queen, and everybody else kind of like living around them, orbiting in their gravity. So yeah, we're going to try this out. Hopefully okay. it goes good. If not, you'll never know. Yeah, if not, we'll just delete this episode and record something else. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Is there anything that you want to do before we get started? Um, <laughs> Is that a weird question? No, oh, no. I, like I just usually... if, I felt like you were just setting me up to make some sort of announcement that I don't have. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, just, I just feel, because we're not going to do a mid-episode yeah. role, so no, I was just I... wondering if there's anything else important, but if not, that's fine. No. I don't know. This is, the, like, like you said, we're recording this in the... The blink of time that is that week before Christmas and New Year's where mm-hmm. time isn't a real concept. So, like, I, I don't even – except for the fact that our child has to nap halfway through the day, I don't even know what, like, time of day it is. I know. Like, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. So, let's just uh, – let's get started with the game. Yeah, let's do that. For decades, humanity has been fighting a war of attrition against giant, monstrous enemies known as Nephilim. The Nephilim killed millions in their initial onslaught. From the destruction, a paramilitary organization called Pyramon rose. With advanced technology, Pyramon forged new weapons to fight back against the Nephilim, massive machines in the shape of humankind, called Echion. 
We are Echion pilots in Pyramon's most decorated squadron, led by the greatest pilot of them all, the Ace. Mission after mission, the Ace has led us to victory. Together we have saved countless lives and turned the tide of the war. But something has come over the Ace. Tonight, they're going to steal their Echion from Pyramon. We don't know why, but we know they're about to do something rash, something reckless. They've confided this secret in us, their squadron. They hope that we will join them. With us, they say, they might succeed. Their actions are treason, punishable by execution. Whether they fail or succeed, everything we fought for could be thrown into chaos. Come midnight, the ace will make their move. So why don't you draw the first card and I will read you the prompt. Okay. I drew the two of clubs. The ace risked a court-martial once before. What did they do that drew the anger of Pyramon? They went against direct orders. I think they refused to... It's not called invading, but invading like a village. Like leading the way. Would they do that? Is that like a thing? Can Can you expand a little bit? Like, I'm just pic- picturing like... I'm not good at thinking in the future because I don't know what the future looks like. So in the past, people would like burn down houses and take children out of their homes and put everybody in the streets. And it would be very traumatizing to the people in the town. Even mm-hmm. You know, even when you're like just marching through, it can be really traumatizing. And I think um, the ace just refused to do that, like refused to be the first ones to go into this town. Okay. So Pyramon ordered the ace to, to destroy a town. Maybe. And then they refused. Okay. I don't know if it's destroy a town. You might need the buildings. Like you're not going to destroy the buildings if you need the buildings. But, like, invade a town, and and the ace refused. Occupy. Occupy is the word I'm looking for. And the ace refused. Okay. Where were, were we part of the squad when that happened? No. I feel like this is early in the ace's legend. Seven of clubs. What quiet moment with the ace do you think about often? I think we had just gotten out of a combat mission, and our Echeons were, like still warm from combat and we i think we were like shoulder to shoulder our echians were shoulder to shoulder and we climbed up on top out of the cockpit and sat and kind of like overlooked the wreckage as the sun was setting and there was this like beautiful sunset over the Uh, over like these mountains and there were like just the huge bodies of these nephilim like lying where we had slain them and we just kind of sat there for a while and looked over the scene and the contrast between like the gore of the fight and the beauty of the natural scene five of clubs lots of clubs i know what does pyramon claim you're fighting for is it what you fight for Pyramon, 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 not Pyramon, Pyramon. There's an O, it's Pyramon. Mm -hmm. They claim that we're fighting for freedom and peace. Freedom from the Nephilim and peace for all of the people once this is over. I am fighting for, if I don't fight, who's going to? Like, who's going to bring down these Nephilim if, like... If, if there aren't people like me who are willing to fight, then who's going to? And they're just going to be there forever. 
So I don't know what that is, but that's what I'm fighting for. Somebody has to. For you, is it a responsibility or a privilege? To be able to fight? Mm -hmm. I think it's a responsibility. Jack of spades. What would no civilian ever believe about the Nephilim, even if you told them? They're bigger on the inside. They're TARDISes? Yeah, they, um, you can't tell just by looking at them, but when you're fighting with them, you know, an energy sword will pierce their flesh and not come out the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, They seem to warp reality within their bodies. And if you cut one open, you can kind of see just like vast expanses of space inside. That's gross. Mm -hmm. Do you guys go crazy because of that? Uh, no, I'm perfectly sane. Absolutely, perfectly, perfectly sane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe you. Completely and totally fine Yep. after slaying Eldritch Horrors. 100% believe mm-hmm. you. Five of Diamonds. What nickname does our squadron have? Who coined it? We are the Ace of Clubs because we have an ace and we're all really good at beating the crap out of them. <laughs> so it should be the Ace and Clubs. But it's just kind of become the ace of clubs. The ace of clubs. Yeah. But it should be the ace and clubs. Let's say we're like squadron A. It was the leader of squadron B as like a, it was supposed to be like a, like, haha, you're not that good. You're just a bunch of, you've got one good guy and then the rest of you are clubs. Like it was supposed to, what is, like ribbing. It was supposed to be like yeah, a ribbing yeah. thing. Um, and so now we're the ace of clubs. So we all have like club, like deck of cards in our Mecca somewhere. Club suit. Yeah, club suit. Yeah. Uh, do, do you wield a club? No. All right. No, we're just really good at beating them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play off of the deck of cards. So I like that. I definitely I definitely did buy blackjacks for everybody. Like mm-hmm. I bought a blackjack for each of us because it's like a small little club. Yeah. Yeah, I cool. feel like we've embraced it. I feel like this is like a thing that we do now. Like we didn't have clubs, but maybe a couple of us now have like clubs uh-huh. <laughs> that we beat them with. <laughs> Nine of spades. What is it about the ace's smile that makes your blood boil? He smiles like he's got it all under control. Like he smiles like he doesn't need us. Mm-hmm. It's very much like a... When he smiles at you, it feels very patronizing Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, there are certain situations in which it feels more genuine, but anytime it's work-related, it feels like he's patronizing you, like he doesn't need you, like he's going to be fine with whatever you do Mm -hmm. because he'll carry it. Right. And it's infuriating. That's also what my brain went to, which means that we know lots of people who are in charge who do that. (laughs) that means the 10 of spades what has the ace lost in the war with the nephilim i think that he's lost his humanity Mm. so i think that's why that story of the court martial is told and we don't know how true it is or you know at this point we you know facts have been distorted but it seems like the kind of story of someone with some humanity who's trying to save people and that is not something he would do now so we've seen him kind of just like mow over villages in the mm-hmm. in the offset. Okay. Mm-hmm. But just complete and total destruction. When the ace does something, he does it well and completely and it's horrifying. Okay. But when you're on a mission, 
he's the one you want. Yeah. Seven of diamonds. What is the name of the aces Echion? How did it get that name? So my the first place my brain went to, I'm debating if I want to keep it because it's extremely uh, My Hero Academia, but I want to say it's the New Jersey Smash. <laughs> that's funny. And I think it's because that's where I think the ace is from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And he's got this reputation for just like crushing, just smashing. I think that kind of goes into the clubs thing. Yeah. Um, he just crushes with his Echion. So it's the New Jersey smash. That's good. The Ten of Diamonds. Why did you become an Echion pilot? As opposed to something else in the... Yeah. Yeah. I think because I had the skills already, I feel like I worked on a farm driving an Echion. It's not terribly different than driving a tractor or one of those... You know, because the tractors nowadays on farms, they can do like a lot of stuff. Well, maybe not just tractors, but like you can make rows and you can plant seeds and you can do all this stuff with Mm. your tractor attachments so i feel like it's probably not very different so i didn't need as much training yeah i mean that's why you see so many uh farmers become fighter pilots no but you see them becoming like truckers and stuff like things that require a lot of buttons yeah no no i actually i was teasing but i actually do you know i i like that a lot actually and um, also, this is in the future. It is in the future. So I imagine there's probably, like, a lot of advanced robotics for, for like, labor machines mm-hmm. as well. But even, like, I was teasing, but you are right. Even today, like, tractors and, and farm equipment is really complex yeah. and very uh, delicate in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've very clearly never been on a working farm. I have no idea what any of these things are called, but I've seen them because I live in Pennsylvania. So I've seen them. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. They've got all these attachments and stuff. I feel like you, there'd be like different levers you have to pull. I feel like a, a a walking robot that you're sitting inside of doesn't have something different. It's either levers or buttons. Yeah. Well, I, even if you look at like modern, like landscapers, modern uh, like lawnmowers, <gasps> yeah. the way that those like whiz around and are like very delicate in their movements. Yeah. I, I, I totally see it. Yeah. I think, and I th- I think honestly, like, if you're going into the military now, you take a test and it's like an aptitude test and it kind of like says you would be good at this, you wouldn't be good at that. Like, you get to choose, but it gives you, well, sometimes you get to choose, but it gives you some options, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I did. I think that I, I took a test and I was probably already naturally, like, that was one of my options. And then I had this set of skills that just made it even easier for me to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're doing... If I'm on the, I'm on the front lines in my Echion, right? So like you want a quick turnaround. You want somebody that's going to pick it up quickly and move forward. So in your face. (laughs) Five of spades. What is something that people believe about the ace that isn't true? And how do you know? Uh, People believe that the ace is fighting for humanity. And I know that he is fighting for the love of warfare. Mm. He is dedicated to destruction and not much else. I think that's why like the legend of the of the court martial mm-hmm. 
and him like refusing to level this town or, 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 you know, occupy this town is still utilized as propaganda Mm -hmm. for how great he is. But a lot of people don't know that since then he has like leveled towns and homes in the effort of the war. Or maybe he didn't level that town because there was a juicier town nearby or something like we don't have all the details. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, maybe we don't know. We don't know the exact story. Mm -hmm. It's it's become this propaganda story. Mm -hmm. I think I know that because I've seen firsthand what he does and how he behaves on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not out of a sense of righteousness. It's out of a sense of it's I, I keep wanting to say love of the game. And I think that's how he sees it. He's basically Ares or Mars, right? I think they're the same. That's just different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The god of war. Yeah. Yeah. Seven of hearts. What unflattering nickname has the ace been given by their critics? I don't know any gambling terms, (laughs) but I feel like if an ace is good, then there's a bad card, right? And I would say that it's the two, but I think in actually in some games, like you want to get a two. So like- it's whatever the bad card is. The Joker. He's called the Joker? I guess. Because I don't know gambling terms. Someone out there is like, oh, you should be this, the seven or something. <laughs> but um, he's the Joker. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that makes sense. Does anyone call him the Joker to his face? No, no, no. He has no humanity. He would squash you. Is the Joker also a reference to batman's the joker no the joker is because i don't know any bad cards and i feel like the joker you always take the joker out of the deck of cards like but i I think there are games where you play with the joker i don't know enough about card games the three of spades what about the nephilim freezes you with fear and how does the ace handle it for me it's their halos i think they have these discs of light that circle what you would assume their head is and they are shining and bright and they freak me out they freak me out a lot and i think the ace treats them as targets he like uses the halos as target practice Mm. and it really squicks me out like a lot to watch him do it because, you know, an engagement will start and that will be the first thing he shoots for, even though it isn't strategically useful. Mm-hmm. It is it's just fun for him. Yeah, it feels obscene. Mm-hmm. The Jack of Hearts. What in your eyes makes the ace weak? His lack of humanity. Because at some point this is going to end. Either we're going to lose or they're going to lose. But at some point, this is going to end. It's not going to be forever. We we might not be alive for it, but it's going to end. And if he is alive, then what happens? What comes next for him? There's nothing. Oh, that's creepy. Like, there's nothing. He either dies on the battlefield or he starts a new war. But there's no There's no space and there's no place in a peaceful world for people like him. And that's weak. There's nothing else to him. He should have more, and he doesn't. The Ace of Diamonds. A part of you secretly does not want the war to end. Oh, no. Why not? Because this is the closest I've ever had to family. Mm. Even though the ace scares me sometimes, he feels like a big brother to me. Mm -hmm. He feels like a protective force to me. 
and we haven't defined our relationship too much, but I think we've grown close. I think I think back a lot to that moment of quietness with the ace and how important that was to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I am scared of losing that relationship once the war ends. Mm-hmm. Six of diamonds. What are sleeping conditions like for the squad? Our squad? Pretty good. Yeah. I think our squad is pretty good. We've got the ace. Like, there are perks to working with the ace. Like, you want to be on the ace's squad, even if he's a monster. Like, you still want to be on his squad. Um, I think we get beds. I think we get comfy beds. And I think we get tents that we don't have to set up ourselves. I don't think that's true for some of the other battalions. I very clearly don't know what it's like on the front lines. (laughs) But this is what I think. I think we get, like, general treatment, like, general level Mm -hmm. treatment or, like, lieutenant level. I don't know which one's higher. Captain level treatment. Because the ace is, like, the star. And if he sleeps well, he will destroy more things. So we all get to sleep well. Who hates these conditions? Literally everyone else. (laughs) Literally everyone else. And we we are a battalion, but we don't work alone. And it does make things harder when we have to work with other groups. Because you do. You have to. Mm-hmm. And it makes things harder. Six of clubs. How do the pyromon h- higher-ups treat your squad? Uh, I think it's, you know, just like what you said. They treat us like the golden child. They treat us like... You know, we get all the the best stuff on the front lines, all the best equipment. We're, we're very much spoiled, but we're also watched very closely. They keep us on a very short leash. Anytime that we are given freedom to, like, leave or, like, go into town or whatever, uh, there are always black vans following us. We are watched very closely. Mm-hmm. We're heavily monitored. Nine of diamonds. What secret does the rest of the squad keep from the ace? I think we keep how much the rest of the army hates us and hates him. A secret. Because we've been talking about how he doesn't have humanity and how he's, you know, like ruthless and loves the game or whatever, but he's still a human. Um, and we've seen moments of vulnerability. That's how he that's how he, you know, has created a group that stays with him. So I think we keep the hatred of the others away. Like we obviously can't do we can't keep it all away, but we keep most of it away. He has no true idea how much everybody fears him and hates him. Why do you keep that secret? Like what's your thinking behind hiding that from him? Because this is going to end. And I would like to be on the winning side. And I think he's our best shot. But if he isn't at his, if he's not on his best level, then we don't have a shot. Ace of clubs. That's him. Oh, yeah, that is him. Where is the ace waiting out the hours before midnight? I completely forgot that they were in a steal there. (laughs) I totally forgot that that was the thing we were doing. Uh. I think they're waiting in their tent. They have their personal sleeping tent. Mm-hmm. I, I think we all, each of us in our squad has our own tent. And I think he is waiting in his tent. Uh, we can see like a light on in his tent. 
and he's he's just waiting, wide awake. Three of clubs. What rumor exists surrounding the ace's prodigious combat record? That it's not accurate, but that it's on the low side. Mmm. Like, the rumor is that he's killed so many more Nephilim, and that he's saved so many more people, and that he, like... What's written down isn't actually accurate because he's done so much more. Is there a reason why? So in the in the thinking of the rumors, is there an explanation for why Pyramon would want to make his numbers look small, like lower? Because because they want other people to try to match him or catch up to him. You know, if he's too far ahead, then you're not going to think that you have a shot. But if he's only a little ahead of you, then you feel like you have a shot and you're going to fight a little harder to try and match his numbers if that's a thing that you're aiming for, if you're trying to be the next ace, right? But the rumor is you can never, you could never be the ace because his his numbers are so much higher. Hmm. He's saved so many more people. He's killed so many more Nephilim. So basically the rumor is, so if you buy into this rumor, they're keeping the numbers low to make him look effectively more human Mm -hmm. like more attainable Mm -hmm. the queen of clubs you once got into a fight with the ace what was it over i think he wanted to go into a a combat engagement without backup Mm -hmm. he didn't think that we needed it and i did and uh it turned into a pretty big fight like Without backup, outside of our squad. Yeah, so okay. it was it was it was just us, just the squad, and we were going to be outmatched. And the ace thought, you know, he we could do it, be no problem. And I didn't, and I wanted us to wait. And I think we got into a pretty big fight over comms. It didn't come to blows, but after the fight was over. After the combat engagement was over and we kind of returned to base, uh, it, it there was some shoving and some some shouting. Mm-hmm. Did it get resolved or did it kind of just get pushed under the rug? Uh, it, yeah, it it kind of just got pushed under the rug. It kind of ended with like, "I'm the ace. I know what I'm doing. You're all just following me. So follow me. Shut up and follow me." Eight of spades. Why are you envious of the ace? Why are you glad you're not them anyway? It's hard to not want a little bit of that glory. We're on his go- we're on his squad. We go on these missions with him, but he's the one who receives all the glory. And so it's a little hard to not be like, shit, I was there. Why is he getting the medal? Like, yeah, we get some medals, but he got the bigger medal and he's the one getting the interviews and whatever. So it's a little hard to not be envious of that glory, but I don't want that glory. That's not why I'm in this. And I don't want it to go to my head like it clearly has gone to his. I am not interested in being the ace, even a little bit. But in those moments of celebration when you're being praised, it's hard to see him being praised and not feel like you deserve some of it too. Two of hearts. What was the moment you swore to follow the ace? I think I saw them... I think they got separated from us during a fight and I turned and saw them grappling with two huge Nephilim 
and I watched the ace single-handedly take down these these two giant monstrous creatures and his ekyon was standing over their bodies and just like steam was rising off of them and the cockpit opened and the ace stepped out and just seeing them stand in their war machine over these defeated monsters he looked like the god of war and i knew i was going to follow him then like i knew any battle i would follow him into yeah even if i didn't always agree with the way he handled things Mm -hmm. six of spades what surprising thing does the ace keep in their Ekian's cockpit? I think the ace keeps a little bobblehead of Bruce Springsteen. In, <laughs> really? Yeah, because it reminds him of home. And I, we don't know this because I don't think the ace would share this, but it is suspected and rumored amongst our squad that it was gifted to him by his sweetheart. Oh. But we don't know this. We don't know this. Um, but he has said, like, he's on record saying it reminds him, him of home. If the boss is with him, he can do whatever he needs to. Bruce S- Springsteen is the boss, right? I was just trying to, before <laughs> well, you said that, I was trying to remember. And then you said, I was like, oh, okay. Right. I think he's the boss. I think so. Because I, think I also went to the boss. Yeah. King of clubs. I think we've gotten almost every club's card. Yeah, we really, I shuffled this a you lot. You did. What is the most impressive part of the Aces legend in your eyes? That they were just kind of this small town kid who became a hero. They were just this kid living in New Jersey who stepped up when the whole world seemed to go crazy. Mm -hmm. And now they're this hero. It's like he wasn't didn't grow up in a military family, didn't grow up privileged in any way, just mm-hmm. became this impeccable soldier. So he's kind of like Captain America, but a little bit evil to those who know him. Yes. Okay. I just needed to confirm that Bruce Springsteen was in fact the boss. Yes. I, cur- I, I confirmed <laughs> that. We can get back on with it. Ace of hearts. Where are you waiting out the hours before midnight? Pacing outside of my tent not obviously pacing i think i'm kind of like sort of doing circles around all of our tents so it kind of looks like i'm doing rounds Mm. but it's me pacing outside in the air kind of keeping an eye on the ace and deciding what i'm going to do at midnight nine of clubs everyone believes you are strong but the ace makes you feel weak why because they don't rely on me at all. Like, they don't... The, the ace does not care if I'm in the fight or not. They're, like, totally... I I do not matter to the ace in their view of, like, how the combat's going to go at all. So even though I'm pretty well decorated in my own right, have had success, the ace is, like, basically, it, it doesn't matter. Right, in any other squad, we'd all be, like top yeah we'd all be pretty good maybe we wouldn't be the best but we would be pretty good but in the aces squad we're like nothing compared to the ace 
<gasps> the Ace of Spades. It is midnight. The Ace is about to do something reckless. What are you going to do? I'm going to follow them, even though I think it's a not the best idea. I think the Ace is our best shot at winning this war. And if they're going to do something crazy and they need to be reined in, then someone needs to rein them in. But if they're going to do something crazy and it could win us the war, I want to help. So I'm going to go with them, even though Diana thinks that's a terrible idea. I think at midnight, I come out of my tent and I see you meeting the ace and I try to stop you both. And I think I have like my blackjack. Um, and I think I like tr- it comes to blows with me trying to stop the ace from going. Mm-hmm. But even without you backing him up, he would have kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the two of you, you know, kind of kick me down into the dirt and then make your way to your Ekyons to go do whatever it is that the ace has planned. And I just kind of am sitting in the dirt by our tents watching you go. So what did you think of Chasing the ASD? It's good. I liked it. It has very much the same feel as For the Queen. Yeah. Like, I know it's based on that same system, but you know how sometimes when you make a new game or you play a game that's based on this on a system, it still doesn't quite feel like that system? Mm-hmm. Like, this clearly is different. But it's it's very, it's a very close. Yeah. Um, I liked it. That is maybe, I've play tested this game quite a few times, and we d- I did play it with Gavin on Heart Points. I think that is the most evil ace I've ever that has ever come yeah. out of a game. Like he was scary. Yeah, we never. I mean, we never really make evil leaders because you you want to believe that you would follow not an evil person, but real life slash my workplace has told me <laughs> that I would follow an evil person if I feel like I don't have a choice. <laughs> that was the other thing. This this game very much felt like a workplace drama. In- yeah. In ways that other games of Chasing Ace for me have not felt so much like a, like the stressors of middle management. Yeah, that's that that came across like really clearly for me. I feel like in For the Queen there was like a love. There's always like a love thing, and I don't know if that's just because I put it in there because you do kind of you get to make the stories how you want them. And then when we played Oh Captain, My Captain, we we did the same thing. There was like a not everybody had like a love story with the captain, but a lot of people did. Um, but this one for me felt like, oh, I'm not, no, this is my boss and I'm mad at him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Chasing the Ace was designed by me and based on the game For the Queen by Alex Roberts. You can find Chasing the Ace at zwgarth.itch.io. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer, one, for making sure that I was correct on the boss and having that stay in the episode. Okay. That's important. And two, for every time that I messed up a word, if you didn't hear me messing up that word, thanks, Zach B. We also want to thank In Love with a Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemo's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love with a Ghost at inlovewithaghost.bandcamp.com. 
please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps this show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us to maintain and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference. This episode was sponsored by patrons Sean Tompkin and Mark Kennedy. Mark is the Nephilim god known as the ambitious warrior of the grasses, whose black stone shrine is polished and immaculate. Thank you so much for your support, Sean and Mark. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world, that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, a very, very nice one. (laughs) 